0: Great to be in church. Excited. Come on, we are the people of, we are the people of the gospel, aren't we? So we're carrying something in the spirit today. Um, I want you to be uh, open and ready. Um, I've told Trish she has to say amen at least five times today down here in the front row. So I'm, I'm living in hope. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's good, isn't it? Sometimes you know we have to just. Uh, Remind ourselves of the good news. You know, next week we're going to come, Good Friday, Good Friday, and we're going to remember that Jesus died for us so that we can come into his presence. What an amazing truth that is. Easter Sunday, we're going to be going wild because God is good, isn't he? And, uh, you know, I think that's a a great thing to do. Today I want to talk just from uh, John chapter 11, the story of Lazarus coming back to life. Amen. How many even know, if Lazarus can come back to life, you have a chance. <sighs> come on. it's uh, God is good, isn't he? And uh, I want us to try and kind of like uh, just hear what the Lord is saying to us today and um, kind of get hold of it. I want to read from uh, John chapter 11 verse 38. I haven't got time to read the whole passage, um, so I, I'll refer to some of it. And uh, you can look at it in your Bibles or just trust me. John 11, verse 38. Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord said, Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. And Jesus said, didn't I tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God. So they took away the stone. And then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out with hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face, face, even. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Wow, what an amazing passage. You know, Jesus, uh, on the way to Jerusalem, on the way to uh, uh, his death, eventually, just gives us this sign of resurrection, that we we can see it from now, from our angle, from looking back, we can see it. But from their angle, this was just such an amazing miracle of Lazarus, this man who'd been dead in the grave for four days, coming to life. Wow, isn't that amazing? (laughs) Some of you look as if we need a bit of a resurrection this morning here in the house. We need a bit of life in us, don't we? We need a bit of the Spirit of God to flow in our hearts. We need something to kind of captivate our hearts and our lives. And so we're speaking a little bit about discovering uh, Jesus as we approach Easter. Last week I spoke about Jesus, the way, the way out of sin and its problems, the way through life and its challenges, the way into the promises of God. Hallelujah. I was excited, even the rest of you, weren't you jolly bunch? Come on, it's just good to be in the presence of God, isn't it? And just take hold of his promises for our lives. And today, I want to speak about Jesus, the giver of life. Hallelujah. I want you to know Jesus wants us to have life, and life in all its fullness. Jesus hasn't called us to be kind of like, you know, life just with a small L. Life with a little, let me get through it. Life with a, hold the for he is coming. And one day, I might just grovel in there if I can do the right thing. Jesus has called us to have life in all its fullness. And sometimes I just think we need to start to claim that a bit more and think about that a bit more and live in it a bit more and tell the devil that a bit more and tell ourselves that a bit more and tell anybody who'll listen, Jesus has given me life, I'm okay. Next time someone says, how you doing? Just remember that. I'm all right. Jesus has given me life. I'm doing better than I was. Thanks very much. He's changed me. He's put a life in me, put a spirit in me. He's given me hope in the future. I'm okay. It might be Monday morning, but it's still good. Because actually, come on, Trish, let me hear it. Oh, come on. That's all I wanted today. We need, need, you know, that's why I played that song. The atmosphere is changing. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is life and liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is hope and transformation. And so today we come into this place and we say, Jesus Christ of Nazareth set me free from that which would hold me down. I didn't even started yet. Come on. See, this is the basis of our faith today. Jesus gives life. Jesus brings us, worshippers, believers, followers, learners, disciples. That's what we believe. Jesus is the giver of life. Without that, we might as well pack it up and go home. We might as well just say, well, if it's all about singing religious songs in church, I can do other things. It's only because he brings life to us. It's only because he gives us life within our hearts and in our spirit that we can say, you know what? I'm here for the purposes of God in my life and my circumstances. The revelation of Jesus Christ brings hope and strength. People who don't believe in Jesus and his resurrection think we are stupid people. They think we're simple, they think we're desperate. But for those of us who believe, friends, it's life, isn't it? Those of us who have come to know him, it's life. Those of us who understand him, it changes things. And I want to talk about what it means to have an encounter with Jesus in the situations of our lives. You know, and here we have it. You know the story Mary and Martha had sent for Jesus and said to him, Lazarus, the one you love, is sick. And uh, Jesus had said, OK, and sent the messenger away, and then delayed for two days before coming. Can you imagine? It's the kind of thing your pastor would do, isn't it? I'll be there a week on Tuesday, thanks. And in the meantime, Lazarus had died. And all of a sudden, people are going, what's going on? And Jesus then says to his disciples after two days, come on, we're going to go and see Lazarus. And they go, what? You had the message two days ago. You didn't seem too bothered then. He said, no, we're going to go and see that. He's fallen asleep. And I'm going to go and wake him up. And the disciples are thinking, even I can do that. He said, no, no, I'm telling you, Lazarus has died. And it's for your benefit we're going to go and see the glory of God. Wow. And all of a sudden, we want to just pull it out this morning. What is Jesus doing? What does it show us about Jesus? First thing is this, Jesus has a plan, friends. Jesus has a plan for your life and for mine. Jesus has a plan for everybody's lives in the world. Jesus has a plan for the world. And so, therefore, when the messenger came and it looked like he didn't care, actually, he had a plan. John 11, verse 4, we didn't hear it, we didn't read it. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory that God's Son may be glorified through it. I want you to know, friends, that God has a plan to glorify his Son Jesus through our lives. That's an amazing point, Dave. Well done. God wants to glorify. His son Jesus through our lives. See, the purpose of God is and his plans and purposes is not always for us to come out with the song and looking great. God doesn't want to give you the glory, God wants to give Jesus the glory. God doesn't want everything to be about you, He wants it to be about His son Jesus Christ who gave Himself on the cross. And therefore, we need to recognize at this moment in time, two days in, Uh, Mary and Martha are in distress, friends. Come on. The brothers just died. They're grieving. They're sorrowful. They're overwhelmed. Because they don't know that God has a plan. Friends, I want you to remember that. The next time you face something that is undealable with, God still has a plan. You might not know it. That's okay, actually. But he's still got a plan. You might not see it. That's a bit... Problematic at the time, isn't it? Because we like to see everything, but actually we can't see everything that God wants to do, because it's his plan, not ours. And he's working out his plan and purpose in our lives. Sometimes we forget that that fact that in all things God works for the good of those who loved him, who have been called according to his purposes. One of the most important things for us to deal with is that God is working out his plan in the world and that includes us, but friends, it's not always specifically about us. See, sometimes God's ways are bigger than ours, aren't they? See, the amazing thing about God is that he can thread your life in to his plan. But he threaded it in. It's his plan. It's not your plan. And so, see, the truth is, how many of us, how how do you know that's true, friends? Because the Bible says this who of you, by worrying, can add one day to your life? Friends, none of us can control the days we have. Come to deal with it, we're out of control. It's not ours to choose, it's the giver of life. And so, therefore, we have to surrender at times to his plan for our lives and for our circumstances. Here's the amazing thing, friends. God's life, God's plan for your life is better than your own plan. See, see, that's a bit of a challenge for us, isn't it? Is it really? I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and give you hope in a future role. Oh, amen. I'll take that one, Lord Jesus. And then he says, and when you walk through the uh, fire, I'll beware. No, Lord, I, I rebuke that. That couldn't possibly be your plan for me. Oh, no, it is. Well, can't you make that Matthew's plan and keep mine a cheerful one? (laughs) See, it's a a challenge, isn't it? But God has a plan that he's working out in our lives. And we need to understand that God's plan for Lazarus. See, here's the deal. Sickness, I don't think, was God's plan for Lazarus. That was just life. God's plan for Lazarus was to allow him to pass away so that he could bring him back to life. Wow. See, see, there's a whole thing. And we can argue about it and people say, oh, well, you know, he could have stopped it. Yes, he could have stopped it. But actually, if he stopped that, he'd have to stop a lot of things. A lot of the free choices we make as well, he would have to stop, wouldn't he? That wouldn't be quite so much fun, would it? And so there it comes, the plan of God. And even, see, God saw, Jesus saw that even in uh, the sickness, actually, the glory could come to God. I, want you, I just want you to think about that for a moment. Isn't it an incredible thing that out of your difficulties, glory can come to God? That's a different way to look at challenges in life, isn't it? See, out of, out of the circumstances, out of your economic hardship, he can reveal himself as the God who provides. Out of your broken relationships, he can reveal himself as the God who restores that which has been destroyed. Out of your desperate uh, shame and guilt and sickness, he can reveal himself as the God who brings hope, even when things are hopeless. And glory can go to him. So that's a different way to look at the challenges of life, isn't it? See, sometimes we want to take the glory away from God by asking him to change our circumstances for our sake. Hello? Hello? When actually what we have to do is say, even though... See, that's what Jesus said, didn't he? So, Lord, if there's any way, that this cup pass from me. But even if it can't pass from me, then your will be done. Let glory come to you through what I do. And that's the heart of what Jesus is trying to teach us. Sometimes it looks like there, it's a drought, but there is a cloud on the horizon full of rain. Sometimes it looks like hell is overcoming and pushing back the light. But friends, it's only Friday and Sunday's coming, because God has a plan, because God's working all things out for his good, and friends, you might be on Friday today, but I want to say to you, Sunday's on the way, you might be in the drought today, but I'm telling you, there's a cloud on the horizon, why, because God has a plan to bring life. And sometimes we might be dealing with the bitterness of death and the bitterness of destruction and the bitterness of pushing back and being overcome, but friends, don't let that become the reality that makes your life and and, and focuses your life. Recognize that you sent a message to Jesus a few days ago and he's on the way. Hello. And all of a sudden, the presence of God starts to come. See we need to understand the Bible says my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Jesus is working at a higher purpose than anyone else can see at this moment in Lazarus' life. Could it be possible that Jesus has a higher purpose for us than we can see? Could it be possible that Jesus can see something in us and something through us that he can bring? I know that's difficult, friends. I know we want it to be easier than that. But I, I, want you to say, I just want you to, to remind you that actually God has a plan. In the limitations of your life, he can bring something different from it. That might be why the Bible tells us to look beyond the physical and to fix our eyes on what is unseen. Because it's unseen which is permanent in this world. He has a plan. Secondly, he was deeply moved. It says when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked, Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Shortest verse in the Bible. Two words. Jesus wept. You get this incredible picture of the compassion of the Lord. Like even though he knows he's come to raise him from the dead, isn't that amazing? The empathy of Jesus, the sense of grief that surrounds him. And and actually it goes more than that because when you read the uh, text, one of the translations says um, he was deeply moved. It says he became angry in spirit. He became angry about what was going on. He became angry that the sickness had robbed Mary and Martha of their brother. He was angry and then he said, I'm going to do something about it. Friends, I don't know about you, but I want God to get angry about some of the things that surround our lives and start to move about them. And maybe, just maybe, he wants us to get angry too. Because it's a different spirit, isn't it? And so he was deeply moved by what was happening. He started to see it differently. And that's a revelation of the Bible. You read the scriptures, you see it again and again. uh, That God gets moved by his people. Exodus 3, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of of my people in in Egypt. I have heard them crying. I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them. Hallelujah. Why? Because he is moved by the issues that surround our lives. He is moved by our weakness and by our difficulty in the situations uh, that we face. We see it again in the prophet Isaiah speaking to the people of Israel, saying this Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, my cause is disregarded by my God? Have you ever felt like that? (laughs) Just me. Where are you, Lord? How come everybody else is happy and I'm just miserable? And the Lord says, well, that's really your problem, Dave. <laughs> I come everybody else seems to get their answers to prayer, Lord, and I'm still fighting. I'm teaching you something, Dave. Learn some patience. I don't like patience, Lord. Yeah, I know, but I do. You have to learn to be different, don't you? You have to learn how to understand, but he's moved by us. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. He has compassion upon us. And Jesus is deeply moved by the situations that we find ourselves. We see this in his coming to the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son this gift of life into the situation, God planned redemption for his people and sent his son to do it. He gave himself for us. The writer of Hebrews says, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have been one who's been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Isn't that an amazing verse? He's been tempted in every way just as we are. That'd be a big list, wouldn't it? Yet he did not sin. And so Jesus is moved by the challenges of our lives. You know, when you find yourselves overwhelmed, Jesus is standing by your side and he's moved by the the challenge that you face. He cares, friends. He says, cast all your care upon me because I care for you. And I'll help you come through. Thirdly, this is where it gets interesting. Jesus looks for faith. It's amazing, isn't it? He knows what he's doing. He's moved with compassion, but he still looks for faith. He doesn't make it easy for everybody. He says to them, come on, I'm looking for something from you. He says, okay, take away the stone. Let's let's do something. And, uh, And instantly the challenge goes up. See, it's all right to have to be surrounded by Jesus and to have, you know, loving moments and to have, you know, cuddles and hugs and, you know, you know, relax, you know, find some comfort in one another. If only you had been here, everything would have changed. See, see, I love that when she said, if only you had been here, everything would have changed. And Jesus says, well, I'm here now, aren't I? See, it's funny, isn't it? If only he had been here this morning. If Jesus was standing here this morning. Man alive, can you imagine how different we'd feel? But I thought he was here. I thought he is here by his spirit. That's what we believe, isn't it? So if we believe it, where's the faith? And he says to them, come on, take away the stone. See, he's come. They're going, if if you just believe, you'll see the glory of God. Oh, amen, amen, amen. We can do a lot of that, can't we? Amen, amen, amen. We're going to see the glory of God. Hallelujah. Let's have a song. No, let's not have a song. Let's take away the stone. And they go, Lord, it's a bit smelly. See, here's the challenge, friends. Taking away the stone creates mess. Take away the stone exposes our depth. Taking away the stone exposes really whether we believe God can do anything or not. Taking away the stone makes a moment where God can move or we're in trouble. Taking away the stone. And Jesus looks for faith. He doesn't say, it's okay, leave it to me. How many of you know Jesus didn't need anybody to move the stone? If he could raise Lazarus from the dead. In fact, that might have been a better ending, don't you think? Lazarus just pops out behind the stone. The stone moves by itself. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Come on, it could have gone that way, couldn't it? He's the Lord. He created the earth with just his word. He could do that. But instead, he says to the people, take away the stone. Come on, I want to see if you really believe in me. I want to see if you can do it. And the first thing that happens is we go, ah, there's always a reason why God can't break out in my life. Hello. Have you ever noticed? There's always a reason why God can't do it. Well, Lord, that would happen here. But, you know, this, this, this is a difficult situation. And I understand that, friends. Tell you, I've been to many hospital beds and prayed beside people, and I've looked at the stone in front of me. And I've tried to find a prayer that, that, that will pray around the stone, not move, move the stone. Come on, let's be honest. And Jesus comes, and he says, No, I want you to move the stone. Oh, but it smells. There's trouble. There's disease. There's decay." Friends, I want want you to see today your life, and I want to ask you, what stone is in front of the miracle that God wants to do? What's the stone, what's the barrier that you need to move so that God can break through? Maybe it's unforgiveness, maybe it's shame, maybe it's guilt, maybe it's unbelief, maybe it's judgment upon other people, maybe it's the circumstances that surround you. Friends, we all have stones, but we need to identify them and move them. Because somewhere along the line, you have to take a step of faith. Somewhere along the line, you have to let the smell out so that God can deal with it. Hello. See, it starts a conversion, doesn't it? Repent and believe the good news. You have to say, actually, this is a stone that I've put between me and God. And I need to take it away so God can have his way in my life. And it exposes me and I feel a bit overcome and I feel a bit vulnerable and I feel like a bit afraid because if God doesn't really do this, nothing's going to change. Friends, I believe God's looking for people who are willing to put themselves in the tomb with him and say, what are you going to do, Lord? Rather than just have the stone, everything tidy. See, there's something tidy about the stone at the graveyard, isn't there? It reminds you that everything's dead. My dad died in 1983. I've been back to the tomb twice, to the, to the graveyard. Really. I, you know, and, and that's just, just he lives in Cheltenham. I don't see him much often. I don't go to the tomb very often. But when I go, I, I expect the tomb to be there. I expect the graveyard to be there. I expect the stone to be there. And it reminds me that my dad's dead. But friends, so often in our lives, we have gravestones that we need to take away. So we can say, you know what, this has, been, this has been holding my life back for years and I need to take it away and let God do something. I need to let God break in. I need to let God move. It's not that God has to have your, it's not that God needs you to take it away, it's that God wants you to take it away because he's looking for faith. He's looking for that circumstance where he, he, somebody's saying, well God, here I am, something's got to change here, Lord. This tombstone has got to come off my life because I want to live in the power of the Spirit and actually I'm contained in all kinds of ways. Take away the stone. And all of a sudden, something starts to change in his life. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I wonder if you... Uh, I, w- <laughs> I just laugh. I wonder how many times you've left the stone in place when you know the Lord saying, take it away. I wonder what it takes to say, well, Lord, I'm a bit embarrassed, so I'm just going to leave the stone there. Lord, I'm a bit afraid, I'm just going to leave the stone. Take away the stone, Dave. Come on. Trust me. Lord, I'm I'm a bit, what, what, what if people think I'm weird, Lord? I'm just going to leave the stone there. Take away the stone, Dave. See what I can do. I'm a bit afraid that you'll do nothing, Lord, so I'm just going to leave the stone there because then I know you'll do nothing. Take away the stone, Dave. See, see what I could do through you. See, see what my kingdom could bring if only you would open up to the power of the Spirit in your life. Well, Lord, that's the problem, isn't it? I, I, just, I just would rather be in control. I'll leave the stone there. I might, not, I might not see this come back to life, but actually I can control this part of my life. Isn't it amazing how much control we want? Hello? Hello? Is anybody awake out there? Or have I just got a bit serious? Isn't it amazing how much much you want to dictate terms to the Lord? And he comes and says, take away the stone. I'm looking for faith. And we go, well, I have faith in you and I believe in you, Jesus. If only you'd come three days ago, I was ready to remove the stone. But you came late, Lord, so the stone's staying where it is. See, there's a deal, isn't there? Don't don't keep me waiting, Lord. Don't mean, don't mean I have to wait for too long. Lord, I thought you'd do it just when I wanted you to do it. And actually, it's been a while. And actually, I start to stink a bit now as well. <laughs> Turn to the person next to you and say, you need to hear this today. It's really for you, don't I? <laughs> Come on, we all know it, don't we? Sometimes we have to just find that life that starts to flow out of our circumstances and situations. Jesus says to, to Martha, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Did I not tell you that actually God wants to work here? They're not telling you, if you can just hold on to your faith in the middle of these circumstances, then everything can change and God will be exalted through your circumstances. Take away the stone. See, Jesus loves to look for faith. Remember the story of the Syrian woman who came to Jesus and said, my daughter is at home, possessed by a demon. Would you please have mercy on her? And he says to her these comforting words, I've only come for Israel. Oh, thanks very much. And a stone of rejection slammed upon her life. But she thought, you know what? I think he's better than this. And she said, even the dogs get the crumbs at the master's table. And he said to her, wow, I haven't seen faith like that in years. It's my translation. I haven't seen faith like that in years. (laughs) He says, go home. Your daughter is set free. Wow. Why? Because someone said, I refuse to keep the stone shut. I want to open the stone and see what God can do. I want to take away the stone and say, God, if you can make your presence known in my life, make it known, Lord. Now, friends, this is a marvelous sermon and it's encouraging, or at least I'm encouraged. But the truth is tomorrow when you're at work and when school has started, when university's on and all of that, then actually this is where the deal happens, isn't it? Take away the stone, Lord. I believe for life to come. You'll hear the voice of the Lord saying, come on, let's try this. And you'll go, but Lord, there's a stink. And that's just me. Lord, there's a smell. Lord, there's, there's a fear. Lord, there's an embarrassment. Lord, there's a hesitation. Lord, there's a control factor. Lord, there's something in me that doesn't really want to see too much. Lord, I have a reason why you can't do it. Lord, I, I, I want to just keep the stone. And God's going to say, no, that's non-negotiable. Take the stone away. If you believe, you'll see the glory of God. Now, friends, I, I, listen, I, I really don't want to try and manipulate anything this morning. I'm not about that, you know me. But what I really believe is unless this is either true and it changes everything, or or we might as well just play the religious game. And if that's all we're gonna do, I'll tell you what, I'm out. I just want to see God work. But I think sometimes we have to learn the biblical principles that Jesus is teaching us in his word. And one of them is sometimes you have to take away the stone and say, You know what? This is me. Without him I'm dead. Without him, I'm diseased. Without him, I have nothing. Without him, I'm broken. Without him, I'm in shame. Without him, I live in fear. But if I can just open the stone that blocks him from me, everything can change. Because this is what happens now. Jesus calls life into situations. He stands outside the tomb and he says, Lazarus, come out. And out he comes. What's the Lord calling out of your life today? What's he speaking over your life? What's he saying over you? Because I'm telling you, friends, if you'll take away the stone, he'll start to speak life. He'll start to speak faith. He'll start to speak provision. He'll start to speak healing. But, but it's back, back to that beggar at the gate, beautiful. Ugly at the gate, beautiful. He looked at him with inspectancy. Silver and gold, I do not have, but what I have, I give you. And the stone was rolled away. And Jesus stood there and he called him forth. And this is an amazing picture of Lazarus coming out in his grave clothes. (laughs) Evidently, John did this in Sunday school last week, didn't you, John? I was going to bring toilet rolls and wrap John up. I thought we could have been here for a while. Came out wrapped up. Take off the grave clothes and let him go. See, Jesus calls life friends. Friends. We preached on that a few weeks ago. Take off his prison clothes. It's the same thing. Take off your grave clothes. Let life come. Let there be something of the goodness of God released in the life of his people. Let there be faith that says, Lord, I don't know what this could look like. Lord, I'm scared a bit. You don't tell me they weren't scared as they pushed the stone back, friends. They were thinking, this could all go horribly wrong. But sometimes, you see, we talk about that, but sometimes we're afraid to take away the stone, aren't we? Afraid to trust that God will come through for us. And so we just play it safe. Lord, if you had been here, everything would have been okay. But it's not okay, but we'll deal with it. No, sometimes he just wants us to say, you know what, God? I, I can't do this anymore. Stone's away. This is where I am, Lord. Heal me. He says, this is what's going on, God. I'm desperate for you. We've come very respectful, haven't we? Very measured. Very it's funny, isn't it? Because we sing the songs. The songs are all, Lord, I need you, Lord. I'm desperate for you. I'm on the ocean. I'm going to dry. And if everything. Lord, it's terrible. There's nothing wrong in them. But actually, when it comes to responding to the Lord for ourselves, when it comes to being desperate for the Lord, when it comes to saying, yeah, I'll take the stone away, sometimes we just retreat. Oh, Lord, it's great that you're here. Oh, we feel lovely about that. I want to be at a, I want to be at a wedding Whether wine runs out and Jesus produces gallons of it, don't you? I'm going to Italy tomorrow. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. I've got me water ready to turn into wine. I tell you, friends, don't we want to be a church that sees the power of God break out? Well, truthfully, sometimes we've got to roll away the stone and say, this could all go horribly wrong. You see, that's the problem, is we want control of what happens when the stone opens and the stone's taken away, and God will not give us it. That's his territory, not ours. It's his territory. I can't say to you today, oh, you've got a problem, let me fix that for you today. I haven't got all that power, friends. If I had, I'd be a millionaire. I'd have marketed it very carefully. But Jesus comes and he says, I want you to take away the stone. And it's your stone, friends. It's not mine. I've got my own stone that I have to take away sometimes. Because I don't know. I've got to trust God. I've got to say, God, here's five reasons why this can't work. Here's five reasons why I can't do this. It smells, Lord. They smell. Everybody smells. I can find smell everywhere. Any reason not to do it. And God says, well, it's your choice, Dave. Take away the stone. But don't complain to me next week. Because I'm telling you, if you believe, you'll see the glory of God revealed. Man alive, we're out of time. Jesus speaks life. Come out. Come out, Lazarus. Come out of that which would hold you in darkness. Come out of despair. Come out of self centeredness. Come out of shame. Come out of sickness, come out of grief, come out of unforgiveness, come out of fear, come out of judgmentalism. Come out. It's the word of life to those who will take away the stone. Hallelujah. Band, come back, please. We got to sing in a minute. Look to the sun, and we're going to rejoice in the Lord. After the service, I've asked the prayer team to be here, because I just think there are lots of people this morning, and uh, you, need to be, you need to just come and take away your stone before God. You don't have to do it before the congregation, necessarily. But you know, it, it's the word from the Lord. I, friends, when this word came to me this week, I just know it was a word for us. It's a word of life, friends. It's not coming to judge anybody, friends. it's a word of life. Take away the stone. I believe God wants to actually, he he wants us, some of us to just be uncomfortable for the first time in a few years where we say, yeah, Lord, I I need to be, I need to just be open before you. Lord, that needs to change because I want to live in the overwhelming power of God again. I want to have faith in my heart for what you can do through me. And so before we sing, if you know you need to take away a stone this morning, I want you to stand right where you are. Come on, let's be open. There's no shame in it, friends let's take it away come on it's just a moment of encounter with God it's just a moment of response Spirit of God I believe God wants to bring life life upon his church oh Jesus Lord, I just pray over, Lord, my brothers and sisters today. Lord, and I call them to life, Lord. And in Jesus' name I say, come out, Lazarus. Come to life in Jesus' name. Come out of the shadow. Come out of the containment over your life. Come out of the fear that would surround you. Come out of the anxiety that presses in on your brain day by day. In Jesus' name, I release you from that anxiety. In Jesus' name, and I release you into the peace of God. Come out of the shame that overwhelms you and makes you feel that God can do nothing for you in the future. No, in Jesus' name, I break those chains, and I release you into the life of the fullness of God. I release you into. To uh, qu- I quicken you, and I take the grave clothes off you in Jesus' name, and release you to life, to run again, to dream again, to hope again, in the name of Jesus. Because His His presence brings life and victory. Step out of the tomb. Step out of the tomb. Come out of addiction. In Jesus' name, come out of the chains that would bind your mind and make you feel powerless to resist. In Jesus' name, I speak life that breaks chains. I break chains today, chains that have held you for decades in Jesus' name. Come into life. Come into hope today. Some of you have lost hope, so I speak hope into your life today. He doesn't, bring, he doesn't bring you to the moment of birth and then turn away, the Bible says. He's bringing you to life in Jesus' name. Don't lose hope. And so, Lord, in Jesus' name, I just bless your people. Lord, all the situations and circumstances that are standing for, Lord, we just believe you. Lord, it's, it's your power that raises us from the dead lord it's your power that keeps us alive lord it's your power that sets us free so lord we take away the stone today lord this is a starting place we acknowledge the stone needs to go lord we take away the stone and lord we step into lord your life lord we step out of the shadow lord into the marvelous light of the kingdom of god come holy spirit and have your way in our lives In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please stand with me. band are going to lead us. We're going to look to